Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Peepish Radio episode 17, Ian Lee from 7A Records. Hey, welcome back to Deepest Radio. I am Tim Powers and this is my show. Uh, today is probably one of my favorite episodes of, uh, of Deep Dish Radio. Um, I made a friend uh, with this episode and I could not be happier. Uh, radio broadcaster from the United Kingdom from England, uh, Ian Lee, formerly of the BBC and coming soon to talk radio on digital radio in the UK. Uh, Ian Lee is the, uh, the CEO, the operator, the publisher of 7arecords.com, a record label in, uh, in the UK and here in the States that is putting out some really, really interesting things. Um, their initial release is the Mickey Dolan's MGM singles from the 70s in a beautiful vinyl gatefold package. It's available from 7arecords.com, and if you're listening to this show, you are probably a Monkees fan, and uh, it's something that should definitely be in your collection, but Ian and I will talk about that in just a little bit. Ian was uh, was charming, and it's so fun when you get to interview somebody who resonates uh, with you in such a way. The monkeys are in his blood. He is uh, just a fan to the core and a charming and wonderful fella uh, and funny. And uh, you're really going to like this interview. In fact, I liked it so much that I wasn't even paying attention to my equipment and uh, lost the last 10 minutes (laughs) of my conversation with Ian. So I'm going to put them here uh, and sum them up for you now, which is Ian's records are available at uh, 7arecords.com. They are available in the United States on Amazon.com and available all over the world wherever there is on Amazon.com. The albums are uh, uh, the Mickey Dolan's MGM singles. Uh, Bobby Hart's first solo album has been uh, reissued by 7A Records. And a conversation between Herman's Hermits leader Peter Noon and Mickey Dolan's just in conversation on uh, 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 recorded for your review. All available from 7A Records with a few surprises up his sleeve. You will find Ian to be a funny and charming and interesting and enthusiastic gentleman despite the fact that I spoke to him around bedtime in the UK. It was only 10.30 in the morning here and uh, apparently... Uh, I was developing a bit of a cold, so my nose is up, my voice is up in my nose, and it's uh, not my best work as a as a broadcaster. But Ian's interview was so good, I had to present it to you, and uh, really want you to uh, uh, to pick up those records. I don't endorse much, but Ian is what he's doing is really a labor of love, and uh, if you really appreciate uh, all things monkeys, uh, and if you enjoyed my uh, my second ish my second episode ever with Bobby Hart. You're going to want to check out the Bobby Hart solo album. You, find, you finally get to hear him sing Hurt So Bad in his own voice, and it's really, it's, it's something to hear. A couple other things I want to tell you about while we're talking about Mickey Dolenz. I want to tell you that uh, a friend of the show, Mickey's daughter, Emily, has asked me to, uh, to let you know that she's got a few things up her sleeve, too. Emily is a, uh, is a fine art photographer and a very talented one at that. And uh, she is uh, working on a couple things right now, including uh, making sure that her photography is available to you through a company called Society6. If you go to Society6, the number six, dot com backslash E. Dolans, not only will you see a picture of the lovely and talented Emily, but you will see her artwork and you will see it available on prints and mugs and throw blankets and pillows. 
uh, and tote bags and things like that. And you will see amazing nature photography and just things that this woman's very talented eye sees. And you will see it uh, see it there for uh, for you to decorate your home with. So if you would like, uh, if you are an appreciator of beauty and great art, and uh, you want to support uh, an artist who is supporting herself and and, uh, and getting out there and doing what she does. We love Emily and we love her work. So head over to society6.com backslash E Dolans and, uh, and pick up some of her artwork. She's also asked me to let you know that her sister, Georgia, is involved in a woodworking company with some other guy. And it's called Dolans and Daughter Fine Furniture. You'll have to Google all those words and put them together. But let's just say that Georgia and that other guy uh, have put together uh, some woodworking right there in their home. And uh, these are fine pieces of heirloom furniture that you will, you, you know, they're, it's built to last. And there are guitar stands and end tables and uh, all kinds of uh, all kinds of furniture that you can have around your house that is handcrafted by people who give a darn. This is not uh, this is not the press board furniture that you put together. This is this is the real stuff. This is the furniture that your parents used to have that lasts forever. You're probably decorating your home with right now. Well, if you'd like a piece of that for your own, and you'd like it crafted by two people who really care about uh, putting together fine furniture and an interesting conversation piece around your house, hey, you see that over there? You know who built that? Um, then I encourage you to Google Dolan's and Daughter. Maybe it's daughters. Dolan's and Daughter, certainly. Fine furniture. And uh, I encourage you to check that out. And while I'm plugging stuff, before we get to Ian, I want to tell you about my friend Daniel Corey. And Dan is a, uh, a writer, a very talented writer. Uh, some of his work has been published by Image Comics. You might remember Moriarty. I, I wrote the forward for the second uh, collection of, uh, of Moriarty. Uh, the second trade paperback from the story of Moriarty, published by Image Comics, and uh, Dan has a new book that he's working on right now called Bloodworth, which is kind of a, a, a mix between Total Recall and, and Dashiell Hammett novels, and it's really, really interesting. Uh, the concept, the story is is really cool. Uh, basically, in the near future, people can upload memories as a form of social networking through what's called the thought share. And uh, Special Agent Brenda Bloodworth is uh, responsible for an, S uh, an FBI task force that can enter people's guarded memories and solve crimes in this great future world. Uh, just an amazing universe that Dan builds, and uh, he'd like to get this book published, and he needs your help. So if you go to Kickstarter and you punch in Dan's uh, publishing name, which is Danger Cat, D-A-N-G-E-R-K-A-T-T, Check that out, and you will learn all about how you can help be a part of publishing this book. There are some great incentives for uh, those of you who want to be patrons of the art, and you get some some neat prints, and uh, and you get Dan's gratitude, and uh, you'd be helping out my friend. That would be fantastic. Hey, speaking of my friends, it was really a pleasure to meet Ian Lee. He's a he's a great fella. He is a music enthusiast from the word go. He loves rock and roll, and it just emanates from his very English heart. I look forward to being a regular listener to his show on talk radio, uh, which I won't be able to pick up from the UK, but I will be able to stream digitally, and so will you, no matter where you are. It's going to be a great show. So right after the break, Ian Lee. It's Deep Dish Podcast. Subscribe today and tell a friend about Deep Dish Podcast with Tim Powers. With Tim Powers. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in how Go on, Go on, uh, an English, uh, an English uh, broadcaster for the Beeb. Uh, yes. At the time. Well, well, at the formerly, time. formerly for the Beeb, yes, right. yes, yes. At the time of the Beeb, which, yeah. by the way, the archives that they keep putting out are amazing. I was listening to the Zombies on the Beeb the other day. Wow, yeah. wow, what a great they've, album! They've got all the thing is the BBC have got all of this stuff, and it's um it's impossible to get to. And I would kind of you know make moves to try and get some of the live stuff. They've got you know a live Nesmith um, uh, um album basically in the vaults, and they released a few tracks, but they won't let anyone go near it, Tim. That stuff is locked. 
I guess the queen is a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. No one can yep. have it. It's mine. She owns it. No one's touching it. All right. I'm not going to argue. Um, <laughs> but you, uh, you ended up not only running a record label, but pressing yes. vinyl in the 21st century. Can you walk me through how that happened? No, I can't. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I can't. I, do you know what? I'm looking back now, and it's the, it's the weirdest thing that happened. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Monkeys fan, and I've always been since I was, so I was a kid. I'm 42, um, and they used to show the Monkeys during the school holidays from, I guess, the late 70s, early 80s. So it was before, you know, you guys had the big 86 revival. I remember yep. watching it 80, 81, 82, something like oh, School holidays, they would show the Monkeys every morning about 9 o'clock, and it was cool, and it was just one of those things we, gr- we grew up with. My first record was... Um, uh, my mum and dad gave me uh, the seven inch of I'm a Believer and wow. Stepping Stone and the first Monkeys album. You know, they're, they're, so those are my first records. And um, and I was probably about six when I got those. And it just it just clicked. It just lodged in that place, you know, in, yeah. in, in kind of my development, my memory, my soul, whatever it was, where it, it, it resonated with me. Uh-huh. And I kind of became obsessed. And I got obsessed just before the 86 reunion. Um, so the timing was perfect. And then I'm watching all of this stuff from afar. And of course, pre-internet days, you know, it was all, um, it was all done by post and I was writing off to, you know, various monkeys fan clubs in the States and, 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 you know, kind of getting pen pals and stuff. And you would hear stuff three months after it happened. I know all about Uh, that. If I, uh, if I, I, we probably know a lot of the same people. We did. We probably did. It was a small kind of network, you know, and it was, uh, it was exciting. I, I kind of like the fact that it took three months, six months for news to travel backwards and forwards. Um, and so I was obsessed, you know, and I bought all the bootlegs and the videos and all of the, you know, watch really bad quality VHS recordings of concerts shot from, you know, the, the, the 50th row. Um, and I always, I got a bootleg tape actually in the late 80s of the Mickey Dolenz solo singles, you know, the, the all of the solo singles he did. And I loved them. And I thought they were brilliant and as a i don't know 14 15 year old kid i couldn't really differentiate between the monkey's songs and his songs they all sounded great you know and i it was odd um flash forward a few years and i'm kind of sat at home bored thinking hmm, there must be a way it's i i can't understand why no one has released an album of the mickey dolan solo singles you know what and, and this is maybe five years ago. Okay. Um, I think, why has no one done it? It seems an obvious thing to do to me. They're great songs. There'll be a market for it. And so I tentatively started sniffing around, you know, and I did the paper chase of who owned the recordings. Um, and, you know, I work, I work for BBC. I'm a broadcaster, but I'm, I do a phone-in show. I'm not connected with music. I don't know the music business. You know, it's, it's, it's foreign to me. Right. Um, and so I did the paper chase of, right, so these songs were recorded on MGM or various kind of MGM offshoots like Romar and stuff like that. Followed it, found it, you know, was owned by Universal, got in touch with Universal, and they said, nope, nothing to do with us. And I kind of sat there scratching my head. This is over a period of a couple of years. Right. Um, and then I, I just posted on Facebook for some help. You know, I run a monkeys page on there and some people kind of suggested a couple of names i should get in touch with eventually tim um and i'm trying to remember it because it's it i i, I still i'm amazed i pulled this off <laughs> eventually and i had all kinds of people connected with the monkey saying universal uh, have never acknowledged they own these tracks they're not going to talk to you you're a nobody eventually universal said Okay, you got us. Yeah, we do own these tracks. And I sent them photo evidence. I sent them documentary. You know, I sent them all of this stuff. <laughs> Loads of stuff. Like it's a military secret. Man, I just, well, because they weren't that bothered, you know, because to, to them, some obscure singles that must have sold about 20 copies in the 70s, they're not going to go through their, you know, go and look through their documents. Eventually, and here's, here's the trick, Tim, that I can't do anymore because I don't work for the BBC. Um, it turns out you Americans are suckers for the BBC. You know, it, yeah, it, we are. So I would email. I was emailing from my 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 Gmail account, right? Nothing. Once I started emailing from my BBC account, oh boy, oh boy, you Americans couldn't wait to help me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly, there's a BBC account getting it. Hey, the BBC are in touch. They want to know if we've got any songs. Can we go and have a look for them? So I, I was a little bit kind of sneaky. Anyway, the Universal said, yes, we have them. Right. Uh, and we'd be prepared to license them. And I'm thinking, I have got no idea how to do this. So I posted on Facebook. I found the songs, um, and they're prepared to license them to me, but I'm stuck. Wow. Uh, and then a gentleman called Glenn, who is Dutch. And is he Dutch or is he Danish? I never know the difference. He's Danish. He's okay. Danish. Let me get that right. I don't know the difference. Don't know. Anyway, he's Danish. And he lives in London. Okay. And he sent me an email saying, I've been watching your progress for um, you know the last year or so. I'm really impressed at how far you've got. I work for a small independent record label, Not Now Music. He said, I don't think we could release these, but I would really like to help you and see what we could come up with. Wow. Glenn Gre- and I'm going, this is amazing. You know, this guy is, this is perfect. And Glenn, having worked in the record industry and licensed songs and all these kind of things, he knew what language to speak to the record label. So he, would, he drew up draft licensing agreements, and I would send them off as though they were from me. Um, and once I started communicating in their language, and I'll be honest, communicating in uh, dollars and cents, um, they, they were kind of, it was slow. It was really slow, but they were, they were really helpful. And, um, we got to the point where we had a contract, um, to license these songs, to, to release these songs, I think for three years, maybe five years. I'm not sure. Um, and Glenn and I said, we should, we should kind of formalize this. You know, this is gonna, this is gonna cost money. Um, let's start a record label. And I honestly, Tim, it was, it was, that, that's how the conversation went. We should start a record label. Okay, what should we call it? Um, Monkeys Records? No, we couldn't do that. Can't do that. Uh, you can't do that. that. That'll get us in trouble. Um, Tales of the Monkeys, um, 7A Records. Um, what was that? 7A Records? I love it. Let's do it. A- and that's pretty much how it went. And now I've got now now I'm I'm sat here lighting cigars with fifty pound notes. I'm I'm a, I'm a, a record mogul, Tim. Who'd have thought? You're, you're a record mogul selling out of print singles from forty years ago. Oh, you brought me back down to earth. Thanks very much. That's what I, that's, that's what we're good for over here. And and it and it worked and it worked and and we 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 made the record. We we're initially going to do four hundred copies. Right. Uh, everything fell into place, Tim. Everything fell into place. We um. We didn't. I didn't know about licensing photos, and uh-huh. it's not Glenn's speciality. We found a really nice photo by Henry Diltz, the legendary Henry Diltz, right. right? You know, who did the first Crosby, Stills and Nash album, did Morrison's Morrison Hotel. You know, he's he's one of the best rock he's photographers. Legendary, legendary rock right. photographer. And um, so we found this picture, and it was it wasn't quite the right period, but we liked it. And to license it would have cost us. It was about a thousand pounds. So I don't know what's that about thirteen hundred dollars something That's like that. Right, and we yeah. just didn't have the money. Didn't have the money. And I said, I'm going to send Henry an email. Let's see what, you know. And I wrote Henry Diltz an email and said, hello, Henry. My name's Ian Lee. I'm a big Monkeys fan. We love your pictures. We can't afford them. What's the best deal you can give us for this picture? And we explained the project. And Henry said, I'm going to pass you on to um, my assistant, Gary, Gary Strobel. And Gary got back saying, this project sounds brilliant. We can let you have that picture, and I've got a load more pictures from that period that no one has ever seen for a really good deal. I'm not going to say the, the, the amount because it would be unfair, but basically we got loads of – Gary went into Henry's vault, got loads of pictures from 71 to <sighs> 75 that had never been seen before. Right. And kind of we, – we have a phrase over here in England, mates rates. He, he, he cut us a, a really very, very generous deal. Completely understandable. And Gary's a, Gary's a hardcore monkeys in the blood fan like you and me. Oh, he's a, he's a, he's a monkeys nut. And I say that with, with, you know, with love and affection. He's, he's, he, he knows the guys. He's been following them around for years. Gary, if you're listening, finish that book, man. Finish the book you're writing. We all want to read it. Um, and he's just one of the nicest people you could ever speak to. So nice. And he got it. And I'll, I'll shut up in a second. But in, in, in summary, yeah. Um, we've been helped by so many people. It's been me and Glenn that have done it, but we've had so many people help us with, um, in terms of writing the text, in terms of getting the photos from Henry, in terms of, this is, the the, the record was put together 
um, with with love and affection. Uh, you know, it's a record by fans for fans, and that sounds corny and a bit cheesy, but it, it's true. It's the record I always wanted to buy, and we made it. You know, we made it. That's the best product you can put in the marketplace is something that you want to own. Yep. One, of, one of the stories that I heard was when you finally got in touch with the the Dolan's office. Yes. And you said, I want to put out this album. He went, <laughs> really? Yeah, he did. He couldn't believe it. He's going, but why do you, why'd you want to put those out? I said, because there's, there's a really, you know, people will want it. There's not a big market. We're not going to get rich off this. But but people want to hear it. The, the thing about Mickey, right, I love Mickey. And I, I have always thought he's got one of the best white soul and pop voices ever, no ever. Question, and it's, man. He's, no he's, question. He's, it's such a – he's getting his due now, actually. But it's such a shame that for such a long time he didn't. He didn't get the respect he deserved. Yeah. Um, and he felt that. He felt that. You know, he, um, after the monkeys, uh, he, you know, he started drinking a bit. He started partying a bit. He was lost. You know, he didn't know what he was, whether he was an actor or a singer or a drummer or, um, you know, that Zappa asked him to join his band after the monkeys. That's right. Split up. And he couldn't do it. The record label said, no, we're not going to release you to go and do that. Um, man, that would have been cool. Flo, you know, Flo and Eddie at the front, and and the monkey on the back. Yep. Would have been hilarious. Um, and he just he just didn't get why anyone would want it. He 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 had a he had a real issue with confidence. And I don't mean to say, you know, he was sat at home shaking, going, I can't go out and sing. He just I just don't think he'd um this is really hard to phrase. I don't think he'd just been he he, he was aware of the affection that he has. And I think he, he kind of downplayed his talents. He's a brilliant singer, he's a cracking drummer, and I think he, he, he over the years he kind of downplayed his talents and his skills and it, it, you know it's it's it we had to really convince him that this was these were great songs yeah. these were interesting songs there would be a market um and he loves it now he loved it when he saw the package we're not doing this to make money tim trust me we right. ain't making money it's costing us a few quid but we want to give as much as we can we don't just want to release the record okay so it's it's a gatefold sleeve it's all these pictures that haven't been seen it's a uh, I think it's a 15, 16-page booklet. I can't remember. I've, I've not looked for a while. It's coloured vinyl. We just want to make it, just keep just giving extra little. Huh? Exactly. And when he saw the package, he was blown away. He sent me an email saying, Ian, can you call me immediately? I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's he unhappy with, you know? Yeah. And I, pho- I phoned up Mickey Donuts, and he just said, he said, I just want to tell you, thank you. I'm so touched by this. I really, I can tell you've put time and effort and love into this. And I just think it's, I'm, I'm really touched that someone would spend this much time on, on, you know, an obscure part of my history. So thank you. And he, he loves it. He loves it. And I, I phoned up Mickey Dolenz at home, <laughs> which is the coolest thing, man. And that, and you know, and it goes back to 15 year old me. You, you tell 15-year-old me, oh, yeah, at, at some point you're going to have Mickey Dolan's home phone number and you're going to be calling him to ask about, you know, obscure singles. Man alive. I'm grinning now just thinking about it, Tim. It's it's life-affirming. I completely understand. I, I really do. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, like I said, I, I have monkeys in my blood just like you do. And uh, and I the the thrill is visceral. I get it. I absolutely get it. On the occasions that, uh, that Mickey and I have been in the same room and... and Oh, you know, yeah. I've watched him interact with fans, and I've seen people come up to him and go, "Oh my God, you have no idea what an integral part of my development as a human being." Yeah, you know, oh, you yeah. are, and it, it it's it's almost like it doesn't register. He's like, "I can't believe they're talking to me, a human being, about such an, an incredible supernatural yeah. part of their lives." Mickey and Peter came over and did a couple of shows over here last year, and I took my boy, my boy who was five at the time, to right. his first ever concert, right. And we and it was brilliant, and I, I got to sing "Going Down," which was awesome. And, and I was dancing with my boy in the front row, and Mickey sang "Daydream Believer" to him. All this stuff, and we got to go backstage, and there's a big party going on. You know, right. there's all these people, and um, Mickey is is stood there talking to someone, and I'm stood there with my boy. And Mickey stopped and said, "I'm really sorry. That's my friend Ian over there. I need to go and say hello to him." <laughs> About me. And then there's me and my boy, and we're having, he's having. I said, Mickey, do you mind if we get some pictures? Go, no, no, of course. And he's talking to my son, and I just thought, yeah, this is, this will do, this will do, this. I can, I can die happy now. That's How did bad. you get into the monkeys, Tim? I'm always interested in this, and I know it's different for Americans than it is for for English people. So, how did when did you get into? I got to tell you, Ian, it's not that different. In 1975, uh, the TV show was resyndicated, which means yeah. that. Uh, 
it was rebroadcast on uh, on non-network television. And the city that I grew up in, St. Louis, Missouri, uh, Channel 30, KDNL, a low-power UHF station, picked up the show. And I was coming home from second and third grade and just fell in love. Yeah. You know, And this is opposite classic animated cartoons and opposite you know, other American uh, reruns. And there was just something about the the chemistry between the four guys their love of rock and roll and their very marx brothers like comedy at you know mm. at at 7 i was already a marx brothers fan mm. and i didn't make the connection until i was older but the camaraderie like the brotherhood like the first episode i saw was the was the success story davy's grandfather yep yep and i went i want to be a part of these four guys lives you know yeah. they lived in a cool house they didn't have a mom telling them what to do they had a cool car and they played cool looking guitars yeah. Finding yeah. an eight year old who doesn't think that, that and th- and at some point they become superheroes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, 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 find me <laughs> find me an eight year old who doesn't go, Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. And it, and it's a thing, it's timeless, you know. My my boys love it. I, 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 and it's fifty years old. Fifty years old. What other fit programs from fifty years ago? I mean, there's a there's a couple. Um, but you know, th- th- when I was a kid, music from fifty years before meant music from World War Two. You know, right. I, I, th- the fact that this show and this music is still standing up is um, is it, it's, it's amazing. I think. Well, and and for guys like us, and and for a lot of the male monkeys fans that I've talked to, the music becomes a gateway drug because yeah. you start with you start with the hits and you start with the single and you f- start with the first album and then as you go through record bins and things like that you find the raiders and you find yeah. the turtles and you find yeah, the yeah. zombies and you find the grassroots and you find all this great stuff and you just start going down yeah. the rabbit hole but it starts with your first hit of mm. that theme song you know what i mean yeah yeah and for me yeah. i'm a big mike fan mm. so you know in 86 when the reunion happened I just happened to have a great deal of discretionary income, and the uh, the the Nesmith solo albums were started to pop up in the bins again. Yeah, and I I must have bought all of those within four days and just played mm. them back to back, and I still love those like the first National Band albums. Yeah, I love it. Fantastic. Oh, it's, uh, so you're right. It's, it, yeah, all of that, you know, the solo. I, again, I I couldn't really differentiate between the monkeys and the solo stuff, for, you know, for, in the '80s. So I'm just buying all this stuff because it's monkeys, you know, and right. I'm loving it. I'm loving every bit of it. You and me both. So your contribution to it all is uh, is fantastic. Now let's let's make it let's make this show official. The, yes. Uh, the Seven A Records is available on Amazon here in the states. It's available yes. on Amazon in the UK. It's available all over the world if you want a digital copy and uh, hard copies. Your vinyl copies are available uh, wherever records are sold. I suppose. I, I, I've got I've got to say as well, Ernie Bees, which is a, a was a reggae specialist, but Ernie Bees in the states they do the best deals on the vinyl. It's coming out in C, on CD as well at some point. With we're not sure yet, somewhere between eight and twelve bonus tracks. So it's gonna you know it's it's gonna happen. There you go. And then uh, as you uh, and that's not the only release from Seven A. No. The the conversation between Dolans and and Peter Noon from Herman's Hermits. Um, oh yeah, man! I can't, I can't wait to hear that. I cannot wait to hear that. I haven't heard it yet. No, here it is. Listen, this is that's that's a box of CDs. Now I've got the CDs here. Um, yeah, that was that was cool, you know. <laughs> and and again, talk about not having a clue how to to run a record label. I I knew these shows, and these happened middle of end of January this year, twenty sixteen. Right, M- Mickey Dolenz and Peter Noon having conversations, and I thought oh, it'd be nice to go, uh, but I can't really justify you know flying to New York to go and see a couple of shows. And I knew about these shows for a while, and then on the Sunday before the shows, I thought this is obviously a brilliant idea to release this. This would make a great CD. Why did I not think of this? And I, I, I spoke to Glenn and he said, oh, well, too late. We've, we've probably missed it. The, you know, the first show was on the Thursday. Right. And I just found out who was promoting the show. This is four days before it. Sent them an email, you know, explaining who I was and um, sent them a link to the Dolenz LP. And I said... I'd really like to license the recordings of these, but we probably haven't got time. It's probably too late, but I just, you know. And they wrote back in about half an hour saying, yeah, if we can make this work, we'll do it. And so on the Sunday evening afternoon, I had to, you know, Glenn drafted a, um, you know, another the, the, um, licensing contract and we sent it to them with four days to go. We were all signed and done by Monday. And then I'm, 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Here in just outside of London, and I'm thinking, right, okay, well, we've paid X amount of dollars to license these shows. How the hell are we going to record them? I didn't have a clue. And again, it's that thing of everything just falling into place and people wanting to help. I've got a friend in New York called Amanda Nazario who works on um, um, W W. What's t- what's the oh what's the radio station WMFU WFMU is that FMU, right? FMU, yeah, sure. The, the yes! public station, sure. That's it. Yes. What a great um, station, I, I, by the way. What a fantastic oh, radio station. It, and, and, and this is how I know Amanda, because someone had, had recommended it to me. And I looked at this station. We have nothing like that in the UK, you know, and I'm a, I'm a radio geek. And I kind of fell down the rabbit hole with, with this. And I, I posted, I've discovered this station. Who should I listen to? And Amanda, I think, messaged me and said, hey, you could check out my show. And I'm so glad she got in touch because her show is brilliant. Well worth a listen. Um, and I just got in touch with saying, you don't know anyone who could go and record these conversations, do you? She went, I'll, I'll ask around. I'll see if I can find someone. This is, this is on the, the Monday, and the first show's on the Thursday. Right. And she comes back on the Tuesday. She says, I've, I've found, and I, I had to say, there's no money in it. We've got no money. <laughs> you know, we're calling in favors. I said, we can pay travel and stuff, and we'll get you some tickets, but that's it. And she came back on the Tuesday saying, I found a couple of people. I mean, I, I, I would offer to do it, but I wouldn't know what to do. I said, Amanda, let me talk you through it. It's going to be a piece of cake. It's two people talking. There may be a guitar. You plug in a, a, a recorder into the, the mixing desk and away you go. And she, she said, I'll give it a go if you don't get angry with me if it doesn't work. And I said, you know, this is all. Basically, she had no experience or very little experience of recording a live um, event. Sure. She went and she did an absolutely brilliant job. Absolutely brilliant job, you know. And... Um, uh, she recorded one. I think in the end, one of the venues recorded the, uh, the I think the Westbury show was re- recorded by the venue. And it's brilliant. We've got, it's a double CD. Um, it's, it's, it's over two hours of them talking with a little bit of singing. Um, some pictures, again, supplied by people who were at the show. We posted on Facebook. Anyone got any pictures that, that you know, that we could use for a cover and in, inserts? Got loads of pictures. Um, and again, I'm really proud of it. Again, I'm holding it now and it's, it's my record label and it's my... <laughs> release and, and glenn's work and it's um it's a really good listen it's a really good listen you know and it's it, it, it's not the stories that a lot of fans have heard before you know the, mickey tends to repeat a couple of the stories he's got some really good lines and good stories right. nearly all of these stories are, are, are fresh my favorite one is about um the mid-70s mickey would have these parties and these jams and um he's got i think harry nilsson and john lennon in his basement playing yes um, I've and heard then, legend that these tapes exist, that there's yeah. John Lennon, Brian Wilson, and yeah. Harry Nilsson and Mickey Dolan's yeah. all in a room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the, the three of them are down there, and, and suddenly someone says, Brian Wilson's just arrived. <laughs> and it's, you know, the way he tells the story is brilliant. These tapes exist, Tim, and it is my life's mission to get my hands on those tapes. That's, that's what I'm working on. That's well, the long... When the you long... come to L.A. to break into Mickey's house and steal those tapes, you have a place to stay. <laughs> and uh, you and I will, will jimmy in there and see what we can get. Beautiful. Definitely. We're, Definitely. We're kidding. Uh, on behalf of Dolan's lawyers, we're kidding. We're, we would never do that. We're not really kidding, Tim. We're going to do it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're, we're kidding, man. Of course we're kidding. <laughs> not really. Not really. <laughs> not really. Wow. Um, and so that's exciting. That's uh, that's ready to go. And then you've got a couple Mark's, other things no. up your sleeve. Can you talk about what's uh, yeah, what else? Yeah, I, I think I can. Say, uh, we, we released the first Bobby Hart solo album on CD, which Yay! we're really... 
Yeah, we got that. We got that. And again, you know, we, we got to work with Bobby Hart, who I know you've interviewed and is just, he sent me a Christmas card. Yeah, me too. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, what a thrill. What a thrill. Yeah. I, and I opened it. I opened it. And my boys, um, who were six and four, said, who's that from? I said, oh, it's uh, from Bobby Hart. And I, they said, what did he, he, I said, he's a songwriter. What did he write? I said, oh, he wrote one of your favorite songs. Straight away, they burst into Stepping Stone. Straight away, they're singing it. And it's, um, so we released that. And that's great. And that's available on, on, on Amazon and all the places. We've also got the um, MGM singles is coming out in CD form, say, hopefully with up to 12 bonus tracks, including the long-lost uh, Mickey Dolenz Japanese classic, I'm Your Man, of which I think 40 seconds exists on YouTube. Oh, we've only gone and got the whole song. So there's that. Um, we're also bringing out a r- single for Record Store Day, but initially it's only going to be in the UK. It will hopefully be in the States a bit later on. Um, I'm not really. It turns out we're not allowed to talk about it before record store day, and we got our wrists slapped. So okay. I can't say any more than that. We're talking to. to um, we're looking at a couple of David Jones releases as well. We we um, have met with the. Um, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is. The trust. One of the trustees of the estate of Davy Jones. They really like what we did with the Dolan stuff. And they're really keen to work with us. And we're just kind of, you know, finalizing the details. So we've got a couple of plans for Davy. We'd love to do. Um, the singles from 1972 to 1982. So again, that's all the MGM Universal stuff. We're also looking at doing like a, 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 a triple, listen to us, a triple album box set of um, him live in Japan as well, with, with hopefully with some unreleased stuff that he recorded in Japan. So um, yeah, it's happening, man. It's happening. Yeah. It's, it's an expensive hobby. You know, we've not made <laughs> our money back by any stretch of the imagination. Um, if I can break even if after you know three or four years of doing this I can break even I'll be happy if it's cost me a few hundred I'll be happy Um, you know I'd be very surprised if we make a profit Glenn is convinced that we're going to make a profit I'm not so convinced but you know, I, I, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it because I've got a box of CDs. Oh, and there's a box of singles over there that I've made, you know. And right. I've got, I can see 10 of the Bobby Hart albums on my windowsill. I did that, man. It's, um, I'm, I'm blowing my own trumpet, which is very unusual and very unlike a British person. But I, do you know what? I, I'm, I'm really proud of what we've achieved. Really proud. You ought to be. The packages are good. The quality of the content is good. It's not like you're releasing... Uh, you know, bootleg material, and we, you no. and I, have both heard the boots where they're, you know, they're hissy and and poppy, and you know, fourth generation. And uh, this is this is cleaned up master tapes out yeah. on on vinyl, which is the medium you should hear the monkeys on anyway. Um, yep. Not to diminish the the digital tracks or the CDs at all. Please play those in your car. Absolutely. But, oh yeah, download, download and buy. I don't, I don't download. St- I, st- I still buy records or CDs. You know that right. that's that's the kind of thing. Very occasionally, if I want one song, I'll go on iTunes and um, download it. And sometimes, like we did, they put stuff on iTunes that you can only get on iTunes. Brilliant. All right, I'll I'll, I'll grab that. But I want I want to I want to hold something. I want to open it. I want to read. I want to look at the stuff and feel. Yeah. And with an old record, do you ever do this, Tim? Get an old record, right? And just stick your head in the sleeve and have a big sniff. Do you oh, ever do that? Yes. A good record collector yeah. knows what his favorite record smells like. Yes. I have got a sealed copy of Changes, right? Wow. And it's really? sealed. Yeah it's, yeah, it's sealed, man. It's sealed. And one day, just before I die, I'm going to slice open that seal, and I'm going to take a big whiff of 1970. I'm going <laughs> to suck some of that down into my lungs, man. That's going to happen. My last breath will be from 1970. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was there in 1970, and it, it smelled pretty good from where I was. But <laughs> I was, you know, eight months old. What do I know? But that <laughs> is fantastic. We'll see. we'll see. But you're right. That that's really exciting. Um, there is, uh, you know, monkeys fans are. Um, let's call us an enthusiastic lot, and sometimes a single-minded lot. And if well it, there are, I mean, fanatic is really the right word. Some of us just have to have everything. And I, yeah. in my experience, probably more so than Beatles fans or, um, or you know, anything that has a hardcore fan base. Uh, there's so much stuff out there, and you got to have it all. We had, and also, we we had it tougher. We were the kids that got bullied in school. Beatles fans had it easy. You like the Beatles? Oh, they're brilliant. White Album, Sergeant Pepper, Revolver. You like the Monkees? You know, we we were the 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 kids that had to kind of keep our um um 
our passion secret, the love that dare not speak its name, you know. So I, th- I, I, I think, I think that, that, that partly explains at least why I'm so rabid about it, because it was, for a long time, it was a dirty word, you know, and yeah. we, were, we were a joke as fans. We're not now. That, I think that, that, that stigma has, has, has long since gone, apart from a few snobby, you know, Rolling Stone and a few snobby magazines. Even, even Rolling Stone starting Rolling to come Stone around. has come bit. around. I mean, yeah, you exactly. know, they were very kind... Um, you know, this is the anniversary of Davy's passing uh, this yep, weekend. Yep. And it's, uh, it's tomorrow. It's yeah. And uh, Rolling Stone was very kind. Tomorrow, and, isn't it? It's tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, when Nesmith came back uh, right after that, Rolling Stone mm. gave him a ton of press and was very complimentary. You know? Yep. And they're the ones that broke the good time story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Boy, oh, boy. I'm excited about that album. Man, I am too. And it's driving me nuts that they're recording it just a few miles from where I am right now. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of Andy Partridge from XTC, and I, I, I don't want to say friend because I don't want to push it, but um, we, he phones me up from time to time. And I was having a bit of a tough time. You know, I lost a job and stuff recently. Right. Um, right. And um, I, I'd seen on Twitter that, that Andrew Sandoval had reached out to Andy to write a song, and I thought, well, Andy's not brilliant on Twitter. I'll send him an email to see if he's um, seen it. So I emailed Andy. Andy, have you seen that they're after you to write a song for the monkeys? Are you, are you going to do it? And he phoned me up like the next day and um, he said, I've, I've written that song. I said, already? He went, yeah, 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 I'm so excited. I've, ri- I've written about four or five songs, but I know the one that I'm going to sing them. You, uh, the, my favorite one, You Bring the Summer. Right. And I was, I, he, he said, do you want to hear it? Right. Now, Andy Partridge is one of my favorite songwriters. The Monkees are my favorite band. I'm stood in a really crappy shopping mall in um in west london i'm having a really tough time because i've lost, lost my job i'm feeling ill honestly I've, i i couldn't feel lower and Annie says do you want to hear it i went yeah he said hang on let me let me get my guitar <laughs> and he puts the phone down and he's, he picks up his guitar and he starts singing it down the phone to me and he's la la laing some of the words he's going i can't remember the words for this bit la, la, la. i've got to finish that line and he sang it to me, and honestly, Tim, I had, it, I, I felt blessed. I felt blessed, and I had tears rolling down my face. And he wrote back. He, he picked up the phone. Do you think they'll like it? I said, Man, they're gonna love it. It's got, it's got a joke in it. It's got a really good monkeys joke in it. And I picked this joke out. I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil anything. Thank you. It's got, yeah, not a, an homage, more than a joke. And I said that line is brilliant. He said, I'm really worried they're going to think I'm taking them taking the mick you know i'm laughing at them right i said no no they'll get it they'll get it it's an affectionate nod it's a reference to one of their albums um and he's playing it down, and you know and, and and that's that's one of the songs the whole album i'm just then there are some people online going well it's gonna be rubbish you know and davy's not around and it's not the monkeys and uh, you know shut up man enjoy it this is probably the last throw of the dice for these guys in yep. terms of new material under that name the monkeys might not be but it, it probably is bring it on man bring it on i can't wait for it and the one song that i've heard that andy partridge on acoustic guitar playing it to me down the phone if the other songs are a quarter as good as that then you know it's going to be worth having well and no matter what it is it's not going to be the worst thing they ever recorded under that name. <laughs> can i all right, let's let's play that game. Let's play bad al- album poker. What would you say is the, the monkey's worst album? Pull it. Just us. Really? Oh yeah, just us is pull it is. I kind of like pull it. I've got a. There's some great tracks on pull it. Midnight. Midnight. Um. Uh, yeah. Get, I mean, getting in. It is. Oh, my concept of pull it is. If if the monkeys under Kirshner had kept going and just com- uh, and did a completely manufactured album, yeah, then in 1986, Pull It is absolutely perfect. Yep, um, I'm looking at the track listing now, Tim. I love it. Heart and Soul, great right? song. I'd go the whole wide world. That's quite good. Long way home, Bobby Hart song, brilliant. See. That's nice. Getting in. Don't like it. I love you forever. Don't like it. Don't bring me down. Followed by midnight. Oh wow. Since you went away, I've skipped over. She's moving in with Rico. <laughs> Everybody skips over. It's it's the good earth of that album. But uh, yeah, no, I like just. I've pulled it. I've, I've listened to pull it more than some of the other albums. I like just us for a couple of reasons. One, it just sounds like a bunch of old friends getting back together. Yeah. And yeah. two, Regional Girl kicks my ass every time I hear it. That is a great <laughs> rock and roll song. 
it, okay, Regional Girl is there. There again, there are some great songs on there, um, including "It's Not Too Late," which I I think is is one of the Lost Monkeys classics. Man, That's a great you song. You ain't kidding. You are With not kidding. But then, um, then you got things like Admiral Mike and I Believe You. Come on, Tim. Okay. Come on. Hold on, Ian. Now, uh, Admiral Mike, I, I'll give you, but you listen to Dolan's hitting those skins on. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's amazing. It's. Uh, I think people cringe when they call it a monkey's jazz track. Yeah. But, uh, but the piano work and those drums are powerful. Okay. You know. So yeah, I think they're, we, they're, we're going to agree to disagree on that. We're going to agree to disagree, but and there are some clinkers, but there's some clinkers on everything you know that that everybody's put out. I'm holding oh. it. I'm holding in my hands right now my autographed copy of uh, Demoiselle, Mickey's. Uh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, self-published yeah. one. And yep. if you compare the um, if you compare the the tracks from this that made it onto justice, which I think are never enough and dying of a broken heart and regional girl. Yeah. Um, they're night and day. So yeah, yeah. whoever is behind the production for justice, which is the guys awesome work and, um, friend of deep dish radio, Scott Shaw designed the cover for justice. So it's also beautiful. A, a I have somewhere. I can probably see it if I looked hard enough. Uh, I, I have got, um, the copy of just us signed by all four monkeys. There it, there it is. There it is. Look, signed by all four monkeys. Well, you, you trumped me. Mine's only signed by Peter, but my cold gems album is signed, yeah. is signed by three of the four. Nesmith, I'm coming for there you. There you go. And I didn't have to pay $100 to get Nesmith to sign it for me. He did it for free. That's awesome. That's well, awesome. I did, pay, I did pay $100 for him to sign my head box set. But that's by the by. <laughs> would, it, would have been nice if you'd looked up, Mike, but never mind. Never he, mind. He did, sign, he did sign my copy of, what am I looking at, uh, Infinite Rider. Yep. Uh, signed it in 2004, which was great. Um, it's free, yes. Yeah, he really did. I, I bought it from Video Ranch. And uh, my credit card rang twice, so I called Video Ranch the next morning. And whoever answered the phone, I'm guessing it was Victoria, said, yep. oh, I know who you are. Hey, would you like Mike to sign your CD? And I'm like, yeah, I think I would, <laughs> as a matter of fact. That would be fantastic. So if the rumors are true, Ness is going to put out his memoirs, uh, which will be a fantastic read, no matter how yeah. accurate they are. Um, mm. Odds are pretty good he'll do a book tour, at least in the States or at least in California. And, uh, yeah. I, you know, I'll stand in line at Barnes & Noble for half an hour to get this oh, record well, I, signed. I don't know if you've heard the interview that I did with Nez um, about um, well, the, the Monkeys hadn't toured. 2001, the mon- 2011, the Monkeys toured. So 2010, it must have been. Right. And I got to interview him. And it was, you know, it was it was wonderful and it was terrifying. And he started off, before we started the interview, he said, OK, well, listen. And I, I've been trying to get hold of this guy for years. Right. right. And it was all very, he just took a shine to my producer. And we phoned him and said, Mike, are you ready to do the interview? He said, yeah, okay. I really thought that maybe we could discuss um, Obama and kind of the situation in Iraq. And I, then I was thinking maybe we could get a bit spiritual. And me and my producer going, what the f-? And he went, or if you want to, we could just talk about country music. And I went, yeah, let's do that. And he was... He was, he was such a joy. And I said to him halfway through the interview, I said, look, Mike, if you want, we can go this whole interview without mentioning the M word. He went, the monkeys. I said, yeah, yeah, we don't. We, if, you, if you want, I don't even want to talk to you about the monkeys. I want to talk about Time Rider and stuff like that. He went, Ian, listen, it's one of those myths, right, um, that I don't like talking about the monkeys. I love talking about the monkeys. I'm proud of it. Um, I, I'm, I, you know, it's, it's, I think it's great that people love it. Ask me anything you want about the monkeys, and I will answer it. And I said, okay. Mike, is it true that you guys, all four of you guys, got back together in 1976 to talk about the possibility of, of, of doing a reunion and you'd only do it if there was a movie? And he went, Ian, I do not want to talk to you about the monkeys. What on earth are you thinking? I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Go on. <laughs> ask me anything about the monkeys. And I asked him another question. He went, I told you I don't want to talk about the monkeys. I'm only kidding. Ask me. And he just kept doing it. And it was just such a real sense of, um, of self-awareness and of it, – it's it just funny. He was just funny that's you know and that's, that's one of my favorite one of the greatest thrills was, was getting to phone up mike and interview him that was a joy wow yeah i, I can only imagine and uh I'll, now is that interview available yeah i think it's on youtube i'll send you the link i think it's on youtube I somewhere would, that would be fantastic yeah that's great yeah 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 i'm sure it is wow wow so 7a is is trucking right along you said earlier that you lost your gig at the, at the b but there is yes. good news right 
There is good news. I've um um my a rich uncle has died and I've inherited a million pounds. <laughs> no, that's not the good news. No, 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 that's terrible news. Yeah, I've got I've got a job. I've got a job. Uh, um, uh, there's a new radio station starting at the end of March, and I've got the late night show ten to one, which is brilliant. Which means that I will you know be a, a mid afternoon show for all of you Americans out there, uh, and I'm really excited. I, you know, it, it, my passion is doing phone in radio and um. Uh, I, I, you know, they're going to let me do what I want, and I'm trying to get out, get some guests. Howard Kalen, I think, is going to come on at some point. Dave Davis is going to come on. Probably going to get Mickey on at some point. You know, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm very, very lucky. That is, uh, that is really exciting, and I look forward to, uh, to streaming that here in the states. I uh, am really excited, and uh, and and thank you, man. Love what you do. So uh, you know, let's definitely keep, uh, keep rolling. Uh, 7A has a lot of stuff uh, going on. You know, Howard, that's, it's an interesting story. Um, I, you know, on Twitter, I pinged Howard, and I'm like, you know, I, I miss when you used to do media reviews on the old Howard Kalen website. Yeah. I said, you should do a web, you should do a podcast. Yeah. I said, you should do a podcast, and then he pinged you. <laughs> and said, what do you he, think of what this idiot's talking about? Yeah, I know. He does. It, the thing about Howard is because um, uh, I'd been talking to him a while ago about I kept, I kept saying to him, because he came on the show, and I said, man, you, you – oh, hang on. Oh, 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 calm down. Um, I, I said, you should do – I don't understand why you're not presenting a show over here in the UK on the radio. They can't sometimes get you know rock stars to do that. And I said, would you mind if I kind of – spoke to some radio people and he said yeah 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 go go for it so i'm kind of um, I, 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 a few months ago i sent out you know messages to radio people saying i'm friends with howard kalen and i want to produce a show so there, there are kind of some people sniffing around that at the moment and that would be awesome but um howard's uh it, yeah the fact that i've you know again happy together is one of my boy's favorite songs and the fact that um howard looks to me for for like advice and stuff it's just insane and he again you know it, it, I think it's because he's just an old stoner, but he is such a gentleman, such a gentleman. And yep. again, if you'd have told me that the lead singer, and you're right, going down the rabbit hole, you mentioned earlier on, um, you know, I was aware of the Turtles hits. Of course I was aware of the hits, you know, the hits are flipping brilliant. And you can't really, it's, it's really tricky to get the albums, but boy, oh boy, it's worth hunting them down. And then Flo and Eddie, I only discovered Flo and Eddie about a year ago. Um, Welcome to the I, family, old buddy. Welcome to the family. Oh, Moving is it Moving Targets? Is that the album? Yes. What a what a record, man! How is how has everybody not got that? The best possible me. That should be the anthem for for losers and geeks like me. You know, (laughs) Mama, open up! I'm coming back in. I don't like it out here no more. What a song that is! You know, it really is such a good record. It really is. You know, kids, if you're listening to this. Flo and Eddie, Moving Targets. You can get it for next to nothing on Amazon. Or go and, on, Honestly, it, it, it's the best money you'll spend. It's such a joy, that record. I always recommend going to your local brick-and-mortar record store and walk up to the guy at the counter and tell him you want Flo and Eddie. He will look at you like you are a long-lost yep. son. I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Don't, don't buy the reggae album. I'm not such a fan of the reggae album, no, but the rest of the stuff. The rest of the brilliant. stuff, and there's, there's, a, there's a live boot that's out that's, that's kind yeah. of fun, too, and, but yeah. you, know, you know how that works. Um, and it's at this point that my recorder decides it wants to take a nap, which doesn't leave us uh, much to go on. Ian is a, a fantastic fella and absolutely a great, uh, a great fan of music. I want to turn you on to a couple of things. First of all, the uh, the record store single, which is going to be available in the UK. Keep an eye open for that. That comes out in just a few months. It's on clear vinyl. It is two Mickey Dolan's uh, solo tracks recorded in the uh, early part of the 21st century. And I encourage you to uh, maybe do a little news search and see if you can find out what those tracks are. I honor um, Ian's embargo, and I'm not going to talk about it until it's out. The first Bobby Hart solo album is available from 7A Records and available on uh, on Amazon or directly from the 7arecords.com website. The Mickey Dolan's uh, MGM Singles vinyl pressing is available right now on, uh, on Amazon.com and the CD is coming out shortly. I encourage you to pick that up. Uh, there are some great things coming out and we're really excited. Also, if you are in the United Kingdom, I encourage you to tune your digital radio to the new talk radio station that is coming up uh, at the end of March 2016. If you're in the States, 
you probably stream it. Check it out wherever you stream your radio. Uh, but Ian is uh, Ian is the evening host at Talk Radio in the UK on DAB. So check that out. Ian, my friend, it was an absolute pleasure to speak with you, and I look forward to having you back again and recording the entire conversation. I think it will be a fantastic time. In addition, I want to remind you about the artwork available from friend of the show and my friend Emily Dolans. Uh, she is, of course, well, you you get the idea. Her artwork is fantastic, and you should check it out right now. Uh, jump on your browser and head over to emilydolans.com, and uh, you will see her artwork right there, and you will be led to a site where you can purchase this artwork on various and sundry uh, things to decorate your house in addition to just some fantastic prints. They are outstanding, and uh, Emily is fantastic, and you should support her art because supporting art is important, and hers is good. Uh, in addition, Emily has asked me to tell you about Dolan's and Daughters Fine Furniture Woodshop, which is available uh, for you to review at dolansanddaughters.com. You can see the you can see the shop. You can see a gallery of uh, of fine woodworking and handmade furniture available for you, uh, and even hand paint, uh, hand printed T-shirts, uh, right and available from the uh, from the Dolan's workshop right there in uh in beautiful southern california you can see some uh, great pictures and some great artwork and uh so if you want to if you want to support people who really care about what they do and put out good merchandise as well as fantastic music and support three very talented and diverse artists then i need you to visit emilydolans.com and i need you to visit dolansanddaughters.com and of course i need you to buy mickey's album from ian because that's just what you do uh, and that's available at 7arecords.com. And listen, man, the other thing I want to tell you about is this. My good friend, Daniel Corey. Uh, Dan is the uh, the writer of Moriarty from Image Comics and uh, uh, some great creative work that has come out of his Danger Cat Studios. And I wanted to let you know that Danger Cat is announcing uh, the new book, Bloodworth, issue number one, is now live on Kickstarter. Uh, Danger Cat launched Bloodworth in September of 2015 as a number zero uh, and a preview available on Comixology. So if you're a comics fan, I encourage you to check that out. Or if you just want something good to read, check it out. It is a futuristic cyber thriller. Uh, and uh, we're going to fund the first issue now through March 31st. Okay, So here's the story. In the near future, people can upload memories as a form of social networking called through this thing called the thought share and brenda bloodworth is a special agent she leads an fbi task force that can enter people's guarded memories and solve crime sounds like a first amendment issue all the way down there and so if you want to contribute and see this book through to the finished project the campaign offers a bunch of rewards one of which is a variant cover by the eisner award nominated Derek robertson and uh, it's really the art is outstanding. It's bright. It's colorful. The story is interesting. And uh, one of the uh, our friend Barbara Dillon, who is the editor over at Fanboy Comics, she says that Daniel Corey's incredible knack for world building is on full display in Bloodworth. The sights, the sounds, the characters are vibrant and intricate, and the story is brimming with possibility. So let me tell you what I know about Dan. If you like. Uh, Blade Runner and you like old detective novels from the 40s and you want to mash them up together and you want a really interesting story uh, I've read Bloodworth Zero it's available on Comixology and you should check this out now uh, we'd like you to contribute to the Kickstarter so go to Kickstarter look for Danger Cat and make sure that you can be a part of the, the new book Bloodworth alright that's it for me Thanks very much. We'll see you next time on Deep Dish Radio. Keep those comments coming. Keep the uh, keep the emails. Tell uh, the social media. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Uh, tell your boss. Tell your coworkers. Walk over to your neighbor that you've never talked to in your life and say, "Hey, I got a podcast. I think you'd like." It's Deep Dish Radio. Thanks very much. We'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.